All right, I want to just reiterate, thank you for being here today. We are excited. We're starting a new series today. There's going to be four sessions, When I Need a Miracle. Today specifically is When I Need a Miracle of Deliverance. The four of them are going to be next week, When I Need a Miracle of Healing, then after that, When I need, Need a Miracle of Protection, and then When I Need a Miracle of Provision. So those are the sessions coming. We're all talking about certain areas of the kinds of miracles that are possible for us right now. I don't know about you, if you think miracles are possible. A lot of people, they come kind of from um, anti-supernatural bias, kind of a scientific, everything has to fit within the five senses, worldview kind of thing. So if that's you, this focus is probably not where you're coming from, but if that's you, I'm glad you're here. I really am. Here's our focus for today. It is, there is much more to life than what our five senses experience. We're actually getting into kind of the darker aspect of areas of miracles, a little bit creepy for some people. In fact, um, a lot of churches aren't really addressing this area very much, maybe if at all. You know, we start getting into demons and are demons real and some of those kinds of things and there's a lot of controversy out there. And if you're kind of creepy, creeped out by that and you, you were really hoping this is a church that didn't really get into that, sorry. (laughs) We're going to get into that today because I believe that this is an area that's real, not just the demon side of it, but the angel side of it and all of the glory that comes with it. But we're going to get into some stuff that's kind of, for some people, oh, it's scary. Well, if that's you, I hope to equip you so you're not scared. And I hope that you start to feel like, oh, this was really important. I'm hoping that's when you walk away from this place, you don't go, I'll never come back again. But you go, oh, I'm intrigued. Maybe there is something to this. Let me just tell you right up front. I believe that demons are real because Jesus believes that demons are real. I believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be because I believe that there's a lot of evidence that he is who he claimed to be. He rose from the dead. And so based on the fact that he rose from the dead and there's a lot of evidence to that, I'm going to believe the worldview of the guy who can rise from the dead. And so we're going to proceed from that point and you're going to kind of take a look to see if maybe there's something to this. Now, I have been planning this for some time, but on Monday, when I was going over what I already had planned, I was looking into the scriptures, and maybe this has happened to you before. I was looking into the scriptures, and it was a very familiar verse to me. And then something unfamiliar suddenly leapt off the page. It's like, what? Like, I, like I'd never seen it before. I've read it over and over and over and over. And it's like, What? For some reason, it just leapt off the page, like, what is going on here? So I'm hoping to kind of bring that, what, aha, to your experience. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I'm going to give it a shot. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to lead you in this way. What do you think of in your head when you think of the phrase, and this phrase occurs a lot of times in the New Testament, the heavenly realms. When you think of the heavenly realms, what is, what is kind of your picture in your brain of the heavenly realms? All right, so I don't know what your picture is, but my picture was the heavenly realms are, well, heavenly. The heavenly realms are like bright and glorious and awful of God and good and everything dark and, and ugly is completely out of it because this is the heavenly realms, Right? So that's kind of my frame of reference. And for the longest while now, I've been, uh, for six months now, I've been praying this, uh, I shared this a couple of series ago, the prayer challenge, and I gave you a prayer challenge prayer to consider 
praying? Well, I'm still praying this. And in that prayer challenge, I pray out of, I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms and I'm reigning with him and I'm not quite sure how to picture that, you know? And all of a sudden, on Monday, it's like, what? And it blew my mind. So just in case it blows your mind too, we'll see if it does. Pull the Bible out from the chair in front of you if you didn't bring one. Turn to page 817. If you brought your own, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. I will have it on the screen, but I want you to have the Bible open because we're going to go through Ephesians and see this phrase, heavenly realms, throughout the book of Ephesians and see if it does that, what, to you. Kind of an aha. And once I got that big question rolling, I had to dig into the words and figure out what is going on here. I've never seen this before. Does it mean this? What does it mean? Okay, so here's the passage. Ephesians 6, 12 reads this way. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against, here it is, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Had you ever seen that before? Hold on, hold on here. I thought the heavenly realms were just heavenly. I thought heavenly realms were God and glorious and bright and beautiful. What's evil doing in the heavenly realms? And it's like, okay, something's goofy here. I got to figure out what words are being used and what's being taught here and what is Paul trying to say? And this letter to the Ephesians is being circulated from church to church to church in a general letter to help train people to understand what is taking place in realms we cannot see. All right. Anybody interested in finding out what is going on here? Got three of you. Good. Some of you are about to listen. Great. Here we go. We're going to back up to the beginning of Ephesians and pick up the phrase heavenly realms throughout the book of Ephesians right now. So jump with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Here's what we read. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay. Here's my question to you. When you read phrases like this, did you do this? We go, we're blessed to be in the heavenly realms and we will be blessed when we get there. Do you think like that? Take a look. Look at the tense. This is past tense. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, has blessed, past tense, us in the heavenly realms. This is talking about right here, right now, in a realm that is the heavenly realms that we read later, there are ears, there's evil in the heavenly realms too. This is the here and now unseen realms, okay? So I don't know where you're coming from with this, whether you think, oh, come on, you still believe in demons? Don't you know that scientists have figured out it's germs? All right, if that's where you're coming from, hold on. How come you believe in germs which you cannot see and uh, you laugh at me for believing in demons which I cannot see? You believe in germs which you cannot see because science discovered them through the lens of a microscope. I believe in demons which are discovered through the lens of revelation, somebody else who can see them that I can't, okay? The lens of Revelation tells me this world is real, just as real as the germ world, only it's spiritual and it's darker, all right? So let's keep reading. We got to make our way in through the book of Ephesians with this phrase. Jump to verse 18, chapter 1. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know 
the hope to which he has called you. Okay, let's just slow this down. Eyes of your heart. Okay, so he's saying, okay, you can't see it. You don't know that it's there. You're not sure that it exists, this realm which is unseen that your five senses can't get a hold of, but where there are real angels, real demons. And Paul is saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart is opened, like enlightened, that you'll begin to believe that it's real, it's true, and that Christ is in the heavenly realms right now, reigning and ruling, and you need to learn how to do that. And you can open yourself up to this experience that's beyond our five senses. Verse 19, and his incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand, where? Say it, in the heavenly realms. So in these heavenly realms where we read first, which comes last if you read the book in order, the evil's there too. Christ, because of his victory, was given all power and all authority, his name above every name. He's rised up to the top of all realms, and there is a conflict in the unseen world, a conflict of realms, where there's evil realms and there's the kingdom of God, and Jesus is seated at the highest of authority and place. There's no other name but his name, higher than he is, seated at God's right hand ruling over all of the unseen realm that is still right now in conflict. You following me? So here's the, here's the deal. When we're talking heavenly realms, we're not using the word heavenly as an adverb. We're not saying it's heavenly, like heaven, like God, like good, and all evil is gone because this is heavenly. It's not being used that way by Paul in Ephesians 6. It's being used to describe a reality that we need to get a hold of and have our eyes open to and believe is real because if we don't, we will be in trouble. Because if you don't believe evil exists, if you don't believe demons are real, you will play with evil thinking it's just neutral. You will play with evil thinking it's just fun. You will play with evil not knowing the resulting implications because there's a realm out there that's ruling and clamping down and causing all kinds of damage where you become the playground of real enemies. Let's keep reading. Moving on to chapter 2. Ephesians 2, 6, we read, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. Woohoo! There's good news. In this unseen dimension, if you have connected in covenant with Jesus Christ, his victory and his life infused with yours now allows you to be seated with him high above all the other names, all the other powers. No matter how powerful they are, we are with the authority of God and Jesus, the most powerful. Now, we don't have power over demons. We have authority over demons. God has the power. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But we are seated with him in the heavenly realms. But before, before I ran into this chapter 6, it's like, what? When I pray, that I'm so glad that I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. It's like, I don't have any place to figure out what that means. It's like, am I positionally seated in the place that he's far away in heaven somewhere? And I'm positionally seated someplace I'm not. I'm here. I'm not there. No! Heavenly realms are here. I'm seated with Christ Here! It's a realm I cannot see. I have authority here. How many think that's good news? Hoo-hoo, this is great news when you finally figure it out. 
oh, I think I'm getting it. All right, chapter 3, verse 10. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities. He's not talking about to the president and the mayor. He's talking about the rulers and authorities over these realms, which he refers to later as these spiritual forces in the realms we cannot see. God is saying, look it, I'm proving to them they are wrong. I've got this wisdom, and love and grace works, and it's more powerful than they think the power that they have. I'm using them, us, I'm using us to show them I win. You're wrong. God is right. This is cool stuff. Now let's get to chapter 6. Here's the context. We're going to pick up from verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. All right. That's all background. That's intro. Let's go. Point number one. There are two common misconceptions in our culture that we've got to do everything we can to avoid. And the first common misconception in our culture, I'm going to put it this way. A on your outline, it's just not on your radar. If it's not on your radar that demons are real, if it's not on your radar that angels are real, then you're missing out in reality. Okay? Okay? Now, if you yourself are thinking, oh, this guy's like, he's from the Middle Ages, you know? Seriously, when somebody sneezed, does he say, God bless you, because he thinks that they just sneezed out a demon? Achoo! Oh, demon's out. God bless you. (laughs) Is he really that? Okay, look it. Let's just talk about demons for a second. A demon is not a dead person's spirit that's come back. Okay? A demon is a fallen angel. Satan is, was the most created angelic being and he was created good and worthy and glorious and got to his head and he decides he wants to be like God and rule himself rather than serve. He sweeps down a third of the angels according to Revelation and scholars agree, I don't know how many that is because we don't know how many angels there are but we call angels hosts and hosts like angelic thousands upon thousands. So he's got a third of them now working for him in what Ephesians says is in the, he's the prince of the power of the air. So we're using words like heaven and heavens. It's talking about the sky and the celestial and above and beyond. And he's now the ruler of the power, the prince of the air. He is in a realm we cannot see and he's got powers and authority at different levels. And we're supposed to take our stand against him with a greater power out of that victory. And if this isn't on your radar, man, you're in trouble because you play with stuff that gets you in trouble, okay? And demons are very, very powerful beings. So and we read in Jude, uh, you don't want to try to argue with Satan because even the archangel Michael, he calls the authority of God and rebukes Satan with the authority that's bigger than his own. We don't have the power. We've given the authority. Kind of like a police cop stopping the the truck. Stop! I don't have the power to stop a truck. But I have the authority. And if the truck runs over me, the truck has to report to the greater authority. Okay? Oh, I'm encouraged now. All right. 
So, but it works with a greater authority. Here's why, and we're going to get into this in a moment, but this is the first mistake if it's not on your radar. Here's the second mistake. Be, oh, I forgot it every time. John 10.10. Jesus wants you to know, get this on your radar. This is for real. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. If you don't know there is a thief and you don't know what his motive is, he's trying to totally just dismantle the image of God in you and put out the light that's in you, then you're in trouble. But that's what he's after. And so we need to make sure that we come to Jesus who has come to give us life and that we might have life to the full. Now, so far, how many of you are kind of feeling a little like creepy about this? Nobody's honest in here. Masks off. Okay. This darkness is kind of weird. Okay. Here's what I want to go with. Jesus now is telling us, you don't need to be afraid. You have the authority. And we're going to get there in a moment. And so if you have the authority, we often don't think of ourselves this way. Demons are afraid of us. We are so busy thinking, oh, they're creepy. They're powerful. Yes, but they're dark. And we're going to get into that in a moment. We have greater authority. And we are the light of the world. Say this with me. You are the light of the world. That's only got half the power because we always think of you are the light of the world. Now say this, I am the light of the world. That is true if you've connected with Lord Jesus Christ. He connects you with him and he is in you and his light shines so bright that when you walk into the room, the demons like cockroaches go, ah! (laughs) We are freaked out by demons, but they're freaked out by you. Unless... You've been playing in the muck and the mire. You've been sinning. The sin's all over you. And they are not afraid because you are not bright. Now you've created maneuverability and access to your life because sin is all over the brightness that is real in you when you're connected with the light of the world. Okay? So... B on your outline is the opposite extreme. So the first extreme is it's like not on your radar. The second extreme is it's like the main thing on your radar. Ah, he sneezed. That's a demon. Ah, you're sick. That's a demon. Ah, you look like a demon. Whatever. Everything's demon. You know, it's just too much on your radar. Spiritual warfare is the only way you think. That's dangerous too because you're always focused on darkness and Jesus would have you never do that. Set your heart and mind up and on him, focus on him. Demons are excellent at distraction and deception and lies if you focus their direction. No, 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 just focus up on light and you will be the answer to the problem of darkness. So that's be on your outline. Point number two, why we need miracles of deliverance. <clears throat> Demons have been around since humanity has been around, Okay? The fall proves that already by the fall at least, Satan decides that he's not going to serve, he wants to be served. And at that point forward, all of the demonic horde is students of humanity to destroy, to distract, to tempt, to deceive, and they're very good students of humanity, okay? That's why we need to learn how the miracle of deliverance Works. Now, we're going to set this aside because I'm coming back to this mid-August when we're going to have a new series called When the Devil Knocks. We're going to set how do we fight this aside for a moment. We're just kind of laying the groundwork. Point number three. You have miraculous authority over darkness in Christ. You have miraculous authority over darkness 
in Christ. So just like the police officer, halt, stop. In the name of Jesus, you are banished, bound. Get out of here. You have no authority over my family. And if you are walking with Jesus, confessing your sin, light glows from you in a realm you cannot see. This is a reality Jesus describes. You have authority, and it's his power. Now, here's a statement that kind of puts it together. Darkness is not the opposite of light. Darkness is the absence of light, okay? So when... We used to be afraid of the dark when we were kids. We were afraid of the going into the closet. It's dark in the closet. Don't close the door. But we never thought this way. If we open the door to the closet, the darkness in the inside comes out, and now it's dark in the room. It never works that way. The darkness disappears in the closet while the light in the room invades. I am the light of the world. As the, and even if you have a little light showing and a little connection with Jesus Christ, darkness recedes, but you want to have no muck and mire, a, a luster of the glory of Jesus and the forgiveness and the grace in your life so that you can stand against darkness, okay? A little light defeats darkness. Now, we're kind of afraid. Here's Satan's power. I need to do this quickly. Here's Satan's power. Ready? Ready? That was it. Satan's power. In other words, yeah, I could hear it. Yeah, there's some power there. Yeah, but it's finite. Now, this is a cheesy illustration, but now here's God's power, okay? Because God's infinite. Satan's power was, you already heard it. That's it. That's the limit. Then there's God who's infinite. Here's his power. He's the manufacturer of power. He just keeps going. There is no end to the power because he's the source. Now, let's just quit being cheesy. Substitute the snap for just a small earthly taste of power. Lightning bolt. Kaboom! You ever been close to one? Man, knock me off the couch watching the storm across the room, the whole house. Kaboom! This is power. Do that now with the manufacturer of power. And you want some space from power, okay? So we have authority in the heavenly realms. We're seated with Christ and have access to that power. And demons are freaked because they have to get away from that source, that authority, that light. Unless you've been playing in their domain and your light is covered up. I want to share with you a story. It's a true story of Sarah Butler, who is a member of this church, grew up in Cottonwood, attended last service. Here's her story. She was delivered. Hi, my name is Sarah Butler. I am 32 years old, and I'm from Cottonwood, Arizona. Um, I grew up here in town. Well, I met my husband when I was 21. Um, when we got married, we had two children, and life seemed really good. We played softball. We uh, were involved in in the community and we started using um, prescription pills and over the years we didn't think we had a problem and things started to to increase and um, my brother-in-law ended up going to prison for about four and a half years and when he came back he brought his heroin addiction with him and uh, Heroin took absolutely everything from me. Um, 
We started using um, heroin intravenously um, with methamphetamine. Things just started to, to plummet. You know, we had lost our house, we had lost our car, had gotten repoed, um, and we were just searching for something to, to fill the void that, that we had created. And that's when things really started to get massively out of control. Uh, my husband and his brother ended up um, robbing houses to fuel, to fuel our addiction. And my brother-in-law and my husband had um, gotten arrested. After their court, my brother-in-law went back to the jail in Camp Verde and he um, jumped off the second tier. Of, of his jail cell and um, committed suicide. And I really feel then is when I lost my husband. Still lost in our addiction, he had um, not gone to court and uh, he ended up picking up some more charges and had ran away from the police and was actually hiding out. And, and the police raided the, uh, police had raided the house and, and he had gone into the bathroom and shot himself and, and um, my world was in pieces. Uh, he was my best friend. He was everything. He was the father of my children. And uh, the day that he killed himself, I had been over there. Um, I had just lost it. There was about a month there of utter and pure chaos. I don't really even remember a lot of it. Um, God, what I put my children through. I was a slave. I was a slave to, to my addiction. I was a slave to the needle. I was a slave to heroin. I was a slave to methamphetamine. I... My life was in complete and utter chaos. And I got arrested um, April 7th of 2016 and they took me to jail and at that point the state took custody of my children because there was not a a, a parent to take care of them. My parents left me in jail until they found a facility for me to go to. I really feel like God was with me the whole time. Home of Hope in Casa Grande is a 12 to 15 month faith-based ministry where God is the answer. My path was just lit. It was like a, a stadium light on, on the Home of Hope for me to get there and Really honestly, when I walked in there, it was the first breath of fresh air that I had had in probably a decade. You could feel the Holy Spirit there. You could just feel a second chance. And that's really what I got was a second chance at, at life. My, I, had run, I had run on the curtails of my mom's faith for my whole entire life. I'd never really had a true relationship, working relationship with the Lord until I got to the Teen Challenge. And for those 12 months, that's all I did was dig deep and, and uproot and grieve the loss of, of my husband and my brother-in-law and grieve the loss of my children and the loss of my life that I had always wanted. I remember the feeling when my chains of addiction were broken. I was able to get on my knees and cry out to the Lord and be delivered from that. I sought true repentance. I'll never forget the night in my room. I didn't have the kids back yet. And I just hit my knees and I just told the Lord, I am so sorry for everything, you know? And that was the night that was, I had true repentance. And from that moment on, like things have been so different. You know, I finally told him I want my kids back, you know, and within a month I had full custody of my children back. And I remember knowing at that point that the Lord was delivering me from my addictions 
everything he uses to build your character, everything he uses to, to he's gonna use through you to help somebody else, you know? And so how can I not praise him through the storm? How can I not praise him through everything that I'm going through? Like he gave me a second chance, you know? I, um, he gave my kids a second chance. Like he, he returned my life to me that I had lost to drugs, to my addiction, you know? At this point, my relationship with the Lord continues to grow. I can't imagine where I would be without my relationship with the Lord, and I can't... I love Him so much. I love Him so much, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that He is the only reason that I was delivered from my addiction. He is the only reason I'm sitting here today. He is the only reason that my children are joyful. He's the only reason that I am, can say truly and honestly that I am joyful today. Um, he's the answer. He is the answer for everything. That's the power of grace, where grace floods in. And the light causes all pockets of darkness to have to just disappear because of the victory of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? Here's a quote that I want us to just take a look at together. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory, which is already ours. Now, this is true if you've allowed the grace of Jesus Christ to flood your life. For you to enter into covenant with Jesus means entering into Jesus and Jesus into you, where you become the light of the world because he is the light of the world. In the heavenly unseen realms, we are already seated with Christ in his reigning authority. If you've never connected with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're still fighting for victory. You don't have a victory to fight from. You need to connect with Jesus Christ and allow his grace to flood your life and cause all darkness to have to dissipate because he is in your life. If something inside of you is being drawn to that grace, then I have a prayer for you and I want you to pray it out loud with us. If right now you're still kind of resistant, you're not sure what to think about today, just I hope that someday you'll want to pray this prayer. Let's all pray this together out loud if you are willing. Ready? Dear God, you have already overcome any darkness we face by the power and victory of your son, Jesus Christ. You have given him power and authority above any other power. So in the name of Jesus, we agree that spiritual darkness has no place in our lives. It has to go. Holy Spirit, come with power and bring the light of Jesus Christ into every hidden and dark corner of our lives. Amen. Maybe you're not quite sure what to do with today. You're starting to see this is real. Yes, that's what I'm trying to tell you. This is real. Turn to the answer so that you can experience deliverance. I want to just let you know that Sarah Butler didn't want to move back to Cottonwood after her recovery, but then the Lord prompted her, your life is so revolutionized by what I've done in your life, and you're so known in Cottonwood, come to Cottonwood. She's going to be the team leader with a team of people that are starting a recovery system in our church mid-August. So be praying for Sarah Butler and her team and a recovery system here at our church. 
she needs your prayers. This system needs to be launched with prayer because this valley is filled with pockets of darkness as well as cesspools of darkness and we need the light of Jesus Christ to fill this valley and transform and redeem and deliver lives. If you're not sure what to do with your next step and you're just a puddle right now, I would urge you to go to the prayer team and ask them to pray for you. Just say, I need prayer. They'll pray for you. If you need to describe more, you can. You don't have to. Whatever is the need, let them pray for you. Maybe you want to know more. How do I connect with Jesus Christ? Well, next week is Connect Life. You've heard about that. And this is the last day to sign up for it. So if that's for you, you want to walk across the hall, sign up for Connect Life. We'll be meeting next week, Sunday afternoon, to connect our lives to Jesus Christ. I'll just give you the information. You may not be ready yet there either, but maybe you want the information. This will be the time to take a step. Thank you for coming today. I hope to see you next week for When I Need a Miracle of Healing. God bless.